0: Hi, we're here from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff.
1: And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about some of the weirdest types of lightning, why nobody's been able to solve the traveling salesman problem, and why it's easier to spot a lie on a podcast or radio show than it is in other media.
0: Let's satisfy some curiosity.
1: Around this time last year, we talked about positive lightning, which is a rare, super powerful type of lightning. We'll put a link to that episode in today's show notes if you want to check it out. But today, we wanted to talk about some other weird types of lightning and how they work.
0: I love rain and thunderstorms, as long as I'm inside, obviously, or at least staying relatively dry somehow. But these are types of lightning that I would not want to mess with. Starting with dark lightning. It's a weird form of lightning that doesn't produce much visible light at all. Regular lightning is made of relatively slow electrons that carry currents through clouds or towards the ground. But dark lightning is made up of high-energy electrons that collide with air particles to produce dangerous gamma rays.
1: Yeah, gamma rays. According to NASA, dark lightning's terrestrial gamma ray flashes are among the highest energy light that naturally occurs on Earth. They can blind satellite sensors hundreds of miles away. Don't worry, though. They're incredibly rare. And scientists think they pose minimal radiation risk if you're on an airplane.
0: Another super powerful, super weird form of lightning is ball lightning. For centuries, people have reported sightings of slowly rotating balls of light, usually about the size of a grapefruit, floating above the ground during electrical storms. Sometimes the ball passes through a closed window or appears in the middle of a room, but most always, it blinks out of existence after about 10 seconds.
1: We only captured ball lightning on camera for the first time in 2012. And since then, lots of theories have tried to explain it. One idea is that the spherical shell is full of highly compressed air, which makes white light rotate in all directions, like a ball rolling in the sky.
0: Disco ball lightning.
1: (laughs) And the intensity of this rare lightning is almost a billion times greater than lightning that moves in a straight line. So look, but do not touch.
0: The final weird, but not nearly as terrifying, forms of lightning are called sprites and elves. Like many names in science, they're creative acronyms. SPRITE stands for stratospheric mesospheric perturbations resulting from intense thunderstorm electrification. And ELV stands for emissions of light and VLF perturbations from EMP events. We're just going to stick with sprites and ELVES, thanks.
1: Sprites are red jellyfish-shaped bursts of electricity that dance above thunderstorms. They seem to be caused by lightning shooting out below storm clouds, which create an imbalance of charges above them. Elves are similar to sprites, but instead of dancing balls, elves appear as very large rings or halos. Large as in up to 185 miles or 300 kilometers. Blink and you'll miss them because they only last about 10 milliseconds.
0: Now that gives new meaning to the term lightning fast. And you can learn more about all these forms of lightning, lightning fast, and our full write-up on this on curiosity.com.
1: By the way, I feel like I should say we got the idea for this story from Mohammed Shafaz, one of the executive producers on the podcast, when uh, he was asking a bunch of questions about lightning on Discord.
0: Our Discord server is a very fun place to be these days. We're getting so many cool questions. So feel free to join us there. You can do it when you become a patron at patreon.com slash curiosity.com all spelled out.
1: You know, last week we told you it took more than 300 years for a mathematician to solve Fermat's last theorem? Well, there's another problem that's been unsolved for nearly 200 years, and you might be surprised to hear what it is. It's called the traveling salesman problem, and it has huge implications for your travel plans. If you've ever been on a cross-country road trip, the traveling salesman problem should feel familiar. If you have a given number of cities, What's the most efficient route you can take to visit each city and land back where you started? It may sound like an easy problem to solve, especially if you have a computer. Just check the distance of every round-trip route possible, and the shortest one is your answer, right? But think about it. If you're only dealing with, say, five cities, that's 12 round-trips to check. Once you add more cities, those round-trips skyrocket. A trip between 10 cities has more than 180,000 routes. A trip between 15 cities has more than 43 billion. With enough cities, the number of routes to check could easily overwork the most powerful computers. That way of solving the problem is known as the naive solution, for perhaps obvious reasons. In the 1970s, mathematician Richard Karp published a paper calling the problem NP-hard, which means there will never be an algorithm to solve it. A few algorithms have been developed or proposed to figure out which routes are more efficient than others, but not to solve for the single most efficient one. This nearly two-century-old problem still has plenty of mystery for experts to uncover. Just another example of a deceptively difficult problem.
0: Today's episode is sponsored by Skillshare, an online learning community for creators. Skillshare offers more than 25,000 classes in design, business, and more to help you find new ways to fuel your curiosity, creativity, and career.
1: You can take classes in social media marketing, mobile photography, creative writing, illustration, maybe even a math class to help you solve the traveling salesman problem. Or you can do what I'm doing and take something that's just for fun, a class on cocktails. The one I'm taking is taught by the owner of a Brooklyn cocktail bar, and I like it because it goes beyond basic recipes to teach you the underlying rules that every cocktail is based on. Once you know those rules, you don't need to Google recipes. You can create totally original drinks using your own imagination.
0: That sounds like a delicious class. Heck yeah. And whether you're looking to discover a new passion, start a side hustle, gain new professional skills, or just hold a killer party with delicious cocktails, Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving.
1: Today, you can join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare with a special offer just for Curiosity Daily listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free.
0: That's right. Skillshare is offering Curiosity Daily listeners two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash curiosity. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash curiosity to start your two months now.
1: One more time, that's Skillshare.com slash curiosity.
0: You know Ashley and I would never lie to you, right? Well, that could be in part because you would probably know it if we did. I'm not talking about fact-checking the things we say. I'm talking about research showing that it's easier to spot a lie on a podcast or radio show than it is on TV. And that's not the only thing that makes audio different from other media. So let's get meta and talk podcast psychology in this psychology segment of our podcast. In 1995, one of the UK's largest ever psychology experiments found that audio-only listeners were able to tell when a host lied more than 73% of the time. That's compared to just over 64% for newspaper readers and 51.8% for television viewers. One idea for why this is the case comes from Alex Bloomberg, the CEO and co-founder of Gimlet Media. During his keynote at Podcast Movement 2016, he said, quote, When you listen to somebody, it is a very intimate bond that is formed. You're hearing my actual words, but you don't see me. And so you do what humans do, which is you create a version of me in the brain to say those words to you. Because you're listening to me, but also creating me as you listen, I quite literally become a small part of you. And that enables you to hear what I'm saying with more empathy. I think this is the greatest power of audio, unquote. He said that you can detect a lie because when all you have is your ears and all you're doing is listening, you're able to hear emotional truth. But because of these bonds, it's important to be particularly skeptical of what you hear so you don't fall prey to your own biases. Researchers have pointed to the connective power of radio as a major reason for the spread of propaganda that led to an increase in violence during the Rwandan genocide in 1994, and radio was also lauded as the most important instrument of mass influence by the propaganda minister of Nazi Germany. Fortunately, Bloomberg said in his keynote that because audio has the power to promote the rise of hatred and intolerance, it also has the power to fight those things and help with empathy, maybe more than any other medium. So choose your podcasts wisely, because what you let into your ears can have a bigger impact than you might have thought.
1: You can read about today's stories and more on curiosity.com.
0: Today's episode was brought to you in part by our patrons. Special thanks to Eddie Young, Katrina Constantine, Stéphane Crate, Hayden Fossey, Ben Yerrick, and Luke Chapman for supporting our show. You can also support Curiosity Daily at patreon.com curiosity.com, all spelled out.
1: Join us again tomorrow for the award-winning Curiosity Daily and learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Ashley Hamer. And
0: I'm Cody Goff.
1: Stay curious